are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. Sing one more time with me. You are perfect in all of your ways. Perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to could sing a song as I often do but every song Except for hearts singing hallelujah, hallelujah. I've got wondrous thoughts, I've got just one rule with my arms stretched wide.
Good morning, Southview. We are so glad you are here worshiping with us today. Here are your big three announcements for this week. Parents, if you haven't already signed your children up for VBS week, it's the week of June the 5th. This year's theme is Following Jesus Changes the Game of Life. It's based off of Psalms 25.4, which says, Lord, make your ways known to me. Teach me your path. Come and be a part of something special as we continue to train our children up in the ways of the Lord. Simply text VBS Kids to 910-424-1298. Registration is now open for the 2023 Men's Retreat, September 29th through October 1st. Last year's retreat is amazing and you will not want to miss this year. The cost for signing up for the retreat is $175 for adult men. Youth men is $150 and there's a $50 deposit upon signing up. Come be a part of something amazing by simply texting RETREAT to 910-424-1298. If you currently aren't serving somewhere, we encourage you to do so. Do you like to sing? Or maybe you like to dabble on the technical side. Well, we have the praise team ministry. Do you feel like you can teach? Well, we have an open ministry for the children and the youth. Or maybe you have that bubbly personality where you'd like to join our greetings ministry. Simply text the word SERVE to 910-424-1298 for more information on how you can get plugged in. We encourage everyone to download the Southview Baptist Church app from Google Play or iTunes. This will allow you to plug into all of our other announcements, sign up for a journey group, view previous sermons, and even view the notes from today's sermon. There are multiple ways for you to give here at Southview. You can give through the app, or you can give through the giving boxes at the doors as you exit the sanctuary. If you're a guest visiting today, we are so glad that you're here. We would love to connect with you. Simply text the word CONNECT to 910-424-1298. This is how we can begin to get to know who you are. Pray for you so that we can minister to you. Thank you all again for joining us today. We pray that you're blessed by this service. Good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. How are we? All right. Great to have you with us today. If you're a guest with us, welcome. My name is Brad. This is my lovely bride, Marie, uh, coming to help assist me today. Um, I will tell you this true story. Can, can I tell? We're standing over here, and so they, her and the kids came. I get here early, and they come later. So we're sitting over here. And I was like, so how you know, how'd everything go this morning, Mother? She said, great. She said, um, I played the kids uh, Tupac, Dear Mama, on the way to church this morning. It was fantastic. So, so they did that. So she said, but it was, a clean, it was a clean version. It was a clean version. So, but happy Mother's Day to you. We're so, I lost it. After that, it's like nothing. You're not going to remember anything else I say today. But we're so glad that you're here on Mother's Day. One of the things that we love to do on Mother's Day is child dedication. Uh, Psalm 127 verse 3 says, Children are a gift from the Lord. And we believe that is true. Children are a gift from God. They're a blessing from the Lord. And so we take time 
once a year to, uh, to ask any parents who have had kids over the last year or so, some a little longer than that, haven't had a chance because of COVID to go through our dedication process. Uh, we, have, we, we offer a class where we just kind of talk about just a, a quick understanding of biblical parenthood and what that looks like. And, and then we just take time on a Sunday morning to just pray over these families and commit these families and these parents and these children to the Lord. So we want to take some time today to do that. We've got a crew, a big group. So uh, as I call your name, come on up. Marie has a certificate for you. And then just go ahead and start over here and we'll line up across. We're going to need the whole stage, all right? So as I call your name, come on up. Um, uh, The Pauls, Eleanor. Uh, with uh, mom and dad, Tyler and Desiree. Come on up, guys. And you're going to get to ooh and ah about all the pretty dresses and outfits. It's going to be fantastic. So cute. All right. Uh, Fletcher's, Fletcher's, Benjamin with Katharina and Jacob. Come on down, guys. Awesome. Benjamin looking sharp. All right, Keefs. We've got uh, Karen and James Keefe, and they're coming with both their boys. James Brooks Keefe and Samuel Briggs Keefe. So Brooks and Briggs, come on, fellas. You may not know this, but both Brooks and Briggs are destined to be future PGA stars, so know their names. All right. They are starting young. Okay. Uh, Thomas. Uh, Patience and Cody Thomas with mom and dad, Savannah. Patience and Cody with Savannah and Sadie. Come on, guys. Hello, ladies. How are you? All right, Scotts, William Alexander Scott with mom and dad, Joshua and Amber. We're going to have some uh, surprises for uh, youngest. I think we're, we've got a few in the running here. So come on up, guys. All right. Next are the wards, the ward crew. So we have got... Bridges Martin Silas Ward, Phoebe Catherine Joy Ward, and Haddon Shepherd Ward with mom and dad Jack and Avery. So this is actually a it's a it's a fantastic story. Um, uh, so you these parents need lots of prayer and coffee. They went from zero to three in what like six months. Yes. So so they uh. Just an amazing story what the Lord has done with them. Uh, Glass, all right. Isaiah with uh, Darius and Erica. I believe Darius. Oh, good. Oh, I thought you were in the booth behind me. Yeah, you snuck up. All right. So we've got the glasses with Isaiah. The series, Adelaide with mom and dad, Harrison and Savannah. So uh, Adelaide, Addie, she is the um, fifth official member of our Every Man a Warrior group. So Harrison's a part of my group. We meet on Thursday mornings. Uh, and uh, sometimes uh, Harrison brings her with them uh, uh, to the group. And so she's our, she's our mascot. She's our group mascot. 
All right. Culpits. Delaney with Ryan and Emily. Ryan's our youth pastor serving with us here. So bringing little Delaney. All right. Uh, Towery, Amanda with Connor and Kaylee. All right. Good to have the Towerys with us. Yeah, you guys can fill in the hole right there. All right. Thomases, Olivia and Drew with Damaris. Come on. There are a lot of babies. My goodness. There's more than one way to grow a church, and we have figured out one of those ways. <laughs> Walters, Bradley and Brenda coming with Sage and Hillary. All right, and then the Jacksons, Eugene and Shailene with Sadie. All right. Marie, don't leave me yet. Yeah, we'll just kind of scoot in, guys. Perfect. So look at the crew. So this is a great photo op. If anyone would like to take a picture of all of this, this is fantastic. Yeah, let's get out of the way. Yeah, give them a hand. Just amazing, just amazing. So, uh, so how we do this, again, is we have a class that we take them through. And in this class, we kind of just walk through, again, biblical parenthood, what that looks like, what it means. Uh, and we have a, a list of things that we walk them through, of commitments that we're wanting them to make to the Lord as parents. So what we're going to do now is walk through that, all right? So, uh, so moms and dads. We're, you walked through all of this with, uh, with Pastor Steve last week. So we're going to uh, have a, a list of commitments up on the screen that we're going to walk through. If it is your intention to lead your children in this way, if you could just respond by saying, we do, all right? Uh, and we'll walk through this together. And it's a great teaching time as well for the rest of us, encouraging us, reminding us of what it is that God calls us to as parents. So, moms and dads, do you recognize your child as a gift from God and give heartfelt thanks for God's blessing? Amen. Do you dedicate your child today to the Lord who created and gave him or her to you and surrendering all worldly claims upon his or her life in the hope that she, he or she will one day belong wholly to Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you recognize God's dedication to you, demonstrated in and through the Lord Jesus Christ? And in response, do you dedicate your lives today to God to personally grow in His grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and live as examples to your children of what this means? Do you therefore dedicate yourselves in dependence upon God's strength and wisdom to raise your children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord? 
making it a priority to shepherd him or her in the word of God by your example and word. And lastly, do you dedicate yourselves by the strength that God gives to regularly pray that by God's grace your child will come to know and trust the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and to know fullness of joy in him who gives eternal life. And for you as a congregation, while we believe here that parents have the primary responsibility of raising their children um, so we believe that we don't just have a children's pastor and a youth pastor we believe we have lots of children's pastors and youth pastors we call them parents that's your responsibility however god has also given you the church and the church bears a responsibility you bear responsibility to these families, these parents, and these children. So for you as a congregation, for us together, let me ask you. And if you agree to do this, will you respond by saying, we do? Do you? I ain't done yet. Hang on a second. <laughs> I'm glad you're excited. but just hang on. Do you as members of the church dedicate yourselves to support these parents in the teaching and training of their children? That each of them may be led in due time to trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and to confess him in baptism and church membership. If you accept the responsibility, will you indicate by saying we do? Amen. Well, let's take some time here and let's pray for these families, okay? Uh, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, and I'm going to teach you, to, I'm encourage you to do something a little different. We're going to pray for them. I'm going to ask you if you would lift your hands out towards them, okay? Nothing magical or special about it, but there's just something about just you engaging in prayer. So I'm praying for them. You pray for them. Lift your hand out towards them as just a sign of your confession and prayer to the Lord that you're praying this over these families. So can you do that as we bow our heads and pray for these great families? Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, God, for the gift of these children. We thank you, God, for the blessing that they are. We ask you, Jesus, today in your name that you would do mighty and awesome things in these kids. I pray, God, that they would raise up to be men and women who know and love you. They, these parents are not just raising sons and daughters. They're raising someone's future wife, someone's future husband, someone's future dad, and someone's future mom. So I pray, Lord, that they would raise their children with an eye towards the future, that they are seeking to model and bless and teach and encourage and pray for these kids to know and love you and live lives that bring glory and honor to you. We pray, God, for your hand on them, your blessing on them, and we know that you are going to work amazing and awesome things in their lives. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, can you give them one big hand? Thank you, guys. You are dismissed. And for everyone else, I encourage you to stand with us together as we begin worshiping the Lord today. What a wonderful way to 
open our time together today. And I think it's fitting to, you know, as we praise God for for new life and for the new generation that you and I are called to um, shepherd up, right? And we can also praise him that, that we have something to sing about. That your life and my life, if we believe, is not meaningless. You have a purpose, and your purpose is to glorify God with your lives. And one of the ways you and I do that is to raise our children up, the way Pastor Brad was talking, in the admonition and the fear of the Lord. So my prayer is that we as a church body would take this seriously, and as we sing, as we celebrate, we do it all for the glory of God. Let's sing, Waymaker.
I have had a terrible week. Like, it was terrible for the past two weeks. And so I'm not going to stand up here and act like my life is perfect because God knows it is not. And some of these things were outside forces that sort of come at you, you know, and some of these things were sort of inner forces and inner sins and reactions and things like that. But the point is, the point is for me and for you, if you go through these times, is that I sulk, I sought counsel through prayer, obviously. I sought biblical counsel for, from brothers in Christ who I love and trust. And at the end of the day, I was brought back to this passage. This is in uh, uh, Luke chapter 1. This is part of Mary's song of praise, the Magnificat. And she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. So no matter what God will allow you to walk through, I want you to be encouraged that he is gracious and he is merciful. And scripture says we are to thank him for those times because he uses those things, all things he uses for good for those that love him. Building up the kingdom so that not only in the good times but in the terrible moments when you're all alone and all you can say is, God, I worship you, I praise you, I trust you, I love you. The goodness of God is something we sing about, but I seek to live it out and I encourage you to as well. Let's sing this song.
Oh, man, just praise God for his goodness and his faithfulness. We're so glad that you're here today again. Happy Mother's Day to you all. Uh, so for us here at Southview, uh, again, for days like Mother's Day, we, we love that. We celebrate that. We celebrate moms. Again, we try to do baby dedication, child dedication on Mother's Day. We think that's just a good fit. But something else that we do, kind of a tradition for us here at Southview is we intentionally target Mother's Day and Father's Day to not just talk about moms and dads, but to kind of pull that scope out a little bit and talk more broadly about biblical manhood and biblical womanhood. Just what it means to be a a woman created in the image of God, what it means to be a man created in the image of God. So for us today, I want to take some time and, and talk about Biblical womanhood. And I think for us as a society, this is extremely important. Because I I honestly don't know of something more under attack than just womanhood. You know how you know womanhood is under attack right now? All the women of the year are men. Uh, they're, They're all dudes. So my now, so I think classical feminism is actually godless and unbiblical. So I'm not that's not our team. But as I look at what's happening in our society, not just from a biblical perspective, but even from a worldly perspective with feminist ideologies, like where'd all the feminists go? Right for decades we were like it's the ladies, it's the ladies, it's the ladies. So now apparently, if we just have to do with what society's telling us, apparently men are so awesome. We're better at being women than women are. That's how good we are. Isn't it insane? It's utter, but now, here's why you won't see... Cla- uh, this is, I haven't even got to the sermon yet. My time is already blown. Forget it. So, here's why you will not see classical feminists stand up. You, you got a handful. You got this for any of this one here. But for the vast majority, they're not going to stand up and go, that's crazy towns. Here's why. Ideas have consequences. You cannot, for the last four decades, preach from the rooftops. Men and women are exactly the same. Men and women are exactly the same. Men and women are exactly the same. And then, when some crazy people take it the next step and go, well, if men and women are the same, well, great then. I'll put on a wig and win all your awards. You can't now go, whoa, 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 we didn't mean that. Well, you sure told us that for four decades. Right, for 40 years, you've been telling us there's no distinction between men and women. Everything's perfect. No distinctions at all. So some guys were like, well, awesome. I like winning stuff. I'm a woman now. So what I want us to do today is I want us to go back to the beginning. And I want to take some time, ladies, to just kind of, again, pull out uh, sort of the big 40,000-foot view And just say, here's what God's word says about how amazing and glorious and awesome it is to be a biblical woman. It is a great and amazing reality. So I want you to see the reality of who God has created you to be and how amazing that is. All right, so Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 2, we're going to pick it up in verse 18. 
and we'll read through the end of the chapter, and then we'll kind of go back and, and work our way through it a little bit, all right? So <clears throat> Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. It says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Now, out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its, fle- its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Now, as you look in the book of Genesis, so just kind of real quick, kind of give you an idea of, of how to read the Bible, okay? So Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 speak of creation, but they fit together. So Genesis, think of Genesis chapter 1 as sort of Google Earth, right? It gives you the big satellite idea of creation. Day 1, day 2, day 3, day 4, day 5, day 6, like here's all the big things that God created, right? So Genesis chapter 1 is sort of Google Earth, big idea. Genesis chapter 2 drops down its Google Street, all right? Genesis chapter 2, it drops down to just day 6 and talks more in depth about man and woman being created, all right? So Genesis chapter 1, Google Earth, big overarching idea of creation. Genesis chapter 2 drops down specifically Google Street. Here's how God created man. Here's how God created woman, all right? So Genesis chapter 2, we see God creating woman. What does this look like? What does this mean? What is God proclaiming to us in his word? So there are a few things I want us to see as we kind of go through it, all right? A few big ideas I want you to see as to what God means in biblical womanhood. Why is it such a good and glorious thing? And why we as a church must fight ferociously to hold on to it, all right? So Genesis 2, first thing we see is this. Women were created as a necessary good women were created as a necessary good if you look at verse 18 there in chapter 2 the lord god said after he creates man he looks at adam and he says it is not good that man should be alone so if you read genesis chapter 1 as god creates everything day one day two day three day four day five as he creates everything as he creates it he looks at it and says it is good right everything was good He creates something that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good. Everything is good. He creates man. He looks at man by himself and he says, that's not good. That dude's going to hurt himself. I need to, I need a helper for him, right? And so, again, if you read Genesis chapter 1, again, it's, it's uh, everything good, 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 good. Man's by himself, not good. God creates woman. Genesis 1 verse 31 is going to say, after God creates Eve, he looks at Eve, and now it says that this is, do you know what? Very good. 
Everything is good, 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 good. Man by himself, not good. Creates Eve, puts Eve into Adam's life, and now he looks at it and goes, okay, now it's very good. God looked at man by himself, not a good idea. God puts woman with man, very good idea. Ladies, what I want you to see is you are not an afterthought. Everything God has done here is perfect, and you are a very important necessary good and this is the consistent teaching throughout the entire bible in proverbs chapter 18 verse 22 it says he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the lord ladies did you know that if you're married you have a husband you are god's created avenue to flow goodness and blessing and favor into your husband's life You are the door by which favor and blessing flows from God to your husband. You are a good creation of God given to your husband to be a source of blessing. Gentlemen, do you see your wife as that? Do you see your wife as an avenue by which blessing and goodness and favor from God is poured on to your life? Blessed is the man. He finds a wife. He finds a good thing. And through that, he obtains the favor of God. When the Bible talks of marriage and talks of wives, uh, the Bible knows nothing of this idea of a wife sort of being like the ball and chain sort of idea. It's just not biblical. God sees wives as a vital and necessary blessing from God. Ladies, I want you to be encouraged with this. You are a gift. You are a blessing. You are the perfect creation of God placed into this world and into your family and into your circles of life as a source of goodness. You bring goodness to the world. Second, I want you to see this. Women were created as a perfect fit. So again, if you look there at verse 18... The Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Then he says, I will make a helper fit for him. All right, I will make a helper fit for him. If you're an an underliner or a circler, I'd circle two words, helper and fit. All right, those are really important words. The word helper in the Hebrew is azir, and it means literally sort of a lifesaver, right? Someone who's not just standing off to the side, you know, tell me when you need something. But something that's been, someone that's been placed into another's life to be a little source of life and life-giving and life-help. Your, your wife, you as a wife, you've been given to your husband to, to be the perfect fit for him. The perfect fit. I will find a helper fit for him. Now it's interesting how God goes about bringing this to Adam. So if you were to look in verse 19, what God does is this. He doesn't say, all right, I need to find a helper fit for Adam, so boom, here's Eve. He doesn't do that. Verses 19 and 20 say that Adam goes through this really long process. God says, all right, here's what I want you to do. i got to find a helper fit for you, so I'm going to bring all the animals that I've created to you. I want you to look at all the animals. I want you to name all the animals, and I want you to see if you can find someone that's a suitable fit for you. So Adam has to go through this whole process, and I know in your Bible it's just two verses, but this had to take forever 
to bring every animal to him. He examines it. He looks. Or is this a good fit? No. He's got to figure out a name. Can you imagine this process for Adam? Like he's going through, naming all these animals, looking for who's going to be his perfect lifelong fit. Like aardvark, antelope, skunk. God, don't let it be the skunk. Please don't let it be the skunk. Don't let it be the skunk. And then he goes through this whole process, and it says in verse 20 that he could not find a helper suitable for him. So then it says in verse 21, the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon him, and he took the rib out and closed it up, and from that created Eve. So here's what I want you to get. Why did God go through that process? He didn't have to. Right? God knew what the answer was ultimately going to be. Right? God knew that. God wasn't like, i got to be honest, i got nothing. Let's just kind of see through the animals. Let's just see what we got here. I don't know. Let's just, I'm just spitballing. I got no ideas. I got nothing. I did not see this coming. He knew the answer, but he still made Adam go through this arduous process. Why? Not because God didn't know that none of these animals were going to be a fit and he had to create something better. He wanted Adam to see. None of these other animals were a perfect fit, and God needs to create something better. He's doing this in a way so that Adam is going to see what an amazing gift Eve is. He wants Adam to see none of this works. You need something better. So he takes out the rib, creates Eve, and brings her to Adam as the perfect, amazing gift. His perfect fit. Ladies, I want you to see that you were created by God to be the perfect fit of your husband. You are the perfect fit. Gentlemen, I want you to see your wife was given to you by God as the perfect fit. There are things in you that are lacking, gentlemen. I know. Shocker. There are things in you that are lacking. And God created a wife and gave her to you to help fill in those gaps and be the perfect fit. You need her. And there are times, if you've been married longer than, I don't know, 10 seconds, there have been times where it didn't feel like you were a perfect fit. There were times where it felt like you were colliding more than fitting. And, and real quick, I know this isn't kind of a Mother's Day point, but... but so. Oftentimes when the collision comes, that's when people start to think, well, well, then maybe we shouldn't be married anymore. What I would submit is this. When you feel that collision with your spouse, when you feel that collision with your wife, when you feel that collision with your husband, the point isn't that you two can't fit anymore. The point is there are things that are blocking you to fit like God wants you to do, fit. And so that's just showing you there are things in your life that you need to repent. There are things in your life you need to grow in. There are things in your life that's blocking you from fitting. Right? The, the, the collision point is a way of God showing you, all right, there's some, I created you two to fit together perfectly. And if you're not, there's a reason for that. Seek me. Go to me in repentance. Ask me to seek your heart. Let's, let's do this so you can see how you fit. You were created as the perfect fit. Ladies, you are the perfect fit. God knew what he was doing. Gentlemen, God knew what he was doing. Ladies, I want you to be encouraged today. You were created by God. To be the absolute perfect fit in this life, in your family, with your husband, with your kids. You were created as the perfect fit. Don't let this world or, this, or the enemy deceive you into thinking that you're not. You are.
Is that easy? No. Does it sometimes rub? Yes, but you were created by God to be the absolute perfect fit. Third, I want you to see this. If you go down to verse 22, so after God creates Eve, he presents her to Adam, and the women were created by God to be a perfect gift. Women were created as a gift from God. You see that in verse 22. In the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. So when it says brought her to the man, it's the same word used when you present a gift to someone. So most of what we do in weddings actually comes from the Bible. I know you thought we got it from Pinterest. Come to find out that's not true. Come to find out is actually in the Bible. Um, brides wear white because as the bride of Christ, we are shown in the book of Revelation as wearing white. You're given rings to one another as a sign and symbol of the covenant that you have. In the same way as Christians, we are given the Holy Spirit as a sign and symbol of the covenant we have with God. You have a reception after the wedding because that's biblical too. The book of Revelation says we're going to have the marriage supper of the Lamb. Everything is biblical in all that we do, including a dad walking his daughter down the aisle and giving her to the man. That comes straight out of Genesis 2.22. God is the father, and he's created his daughter Eve, and he walks her through the garden, presenting her to her soon-to-be husband. It's all biblical. You ladies are created as a gift from God. See yourself as a gift. See yourself. I'm a gift from God to my husband. Put that on your business card. Put it on your resume. Right? Put it in your Instagram bio. Gift from God. Like, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your gift. Like we, we live in a society that seeks to use women and throw them away. Women are used for whatever someone desires to get from them, and then we just toss them aside. And I want you to see that that is not the heart of God. God created you as a gift, as a blessing, as a treasure. I want to encourage you to see yourself as that. Gentlemen, I want to encourage you to see your, the women in your life as that. Your wife, your daughter, your mother. See them as gifts from God. Placed into your life to be a source of blessing. I would even go farther than that. View the women in this world that you don't know personally as gifts from God. I think if men actually viewed women as gifts from God and not sources of their own pleasure, the pornography industry dries up. See, when we see women for who God created them to be, there are actual ramifications for that in the good. And a lot of what we see in the negative in this world comes as a result of us not viewing women the way God calls us to view women. See them the way that God created them. They are created as gifts and blessings from God. Fourth. I like this one. It's a bit of a stretch, but I think it's good. Women were created to help men grow up. 
Did I just hear amens? Like, was that? Wow, okay, all right. Women were created to help men grow up. Look at verse 24. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So father and mother indicate childhood. The idea is that you have broken away from that, and you are now holding fast to your wife, and you are one with her and not one with your parents. You have now stepped into manhood. Um, I, this is probably going to be the Father's Day message as well, so you can come back for that. But I think one of the great travesties in our society, travesties in our society, is adult men living in perpetual adolescence. Like, just never growing the fool up. Like, 30-year-old man that still act like they're 15. Um, I like one pastor, he just calls them boys who can shave. Right, this is... This is a travesty, and it will end in the total destruction of our society. It will end in the utter, complete destruction of our society. Ask anyone, and I know again, oh man, forget it. So, I know that historically speaking, there are professions that are kind of more men and professions that are kind of more ladies, and that's not necessarily, you don't have to do that, I get all that. But if you talk to, to gentlemen who for decades have worked in predominantly men fields, right? Uh, not exclusively, not that women can't do that, but, but fields that historically have been done by men, right? Whether it be law enforcement, military, um, fire rescue, uh, things of that nature. They'll tell you, like, recruiting guys has been extraordinarily difficult. Like, it's hard. Our police force, our, uh, our, our military are all woefully understaffed. And I think it's because we have allowed our young men to remain as boys. We haven't looked at them and just said, nah, man, it's, it's time to grow up. It, it's time to think of someone other than yourself. It's time to move out of mom's basement. Time to stop playing video games. Not that I'm against gaming. Okay, I'm, I'm against gaming. I totally am against gaming. <laughs> totally. Um, and what I think we see in the scriptures is one of the things that allows us to do that is a man taking a wife and now being responsible for his own family. Like, you've got responsibilities now. Like, you... you you got to go get a job, and you got to take care of a wife and kids, and you got to be responsible. There's something about that. I believe women are given to men by God to help us grow up, to by God's grace point out areas in our life that we need to mature in. Point. I, I did not know how selfish I was until I got married. Like I thought I was doing pretty well. Like, I'm killing this thing. I am an awesome guy. And then I got married. I'm like, I am totally selfish. Like, I just think about me all the time. There's something about marriage, something about joining yourself to a wife that, that shows men. And, and, and so for ladies, and I want to encourage you is this as well. Um, 
God has given you to help, God's given you to your husband to help him grow up, but how you do that matters, okay? How you do that matters. First uh, Peter chapter 3 says, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, right, they're not believers. They don't care about God or the things of God, and you can go to church and take the kids if you want to, but I'm not really interested in that. Right? If, that's, if that's your situation, even if they do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. There is a way to live your life, ladies, that frees you up from the responsibility of fixing your husband and unleashes the Holy Spirit of God on his heart. And that is by you taking a step back, not speaking, praying, and trusting God to do the work. It is powerful. As you study the scriptures on husbands and wives, you don't see God telling men that. You don't see God, God telling men, like, guys, don't worry about it. I'll take care of her. Like, he doesn't do that. He's like, nope, that's your responsibility, man. Go take care of that. Go tend to your garden. But for wives, it's almost like, I just think of like a dad with his daughter, right? It's like some problem going on, and dad just comes in and goes, don't worry, baby. I'm going to take care of that one. Don't worry about it. I, I, see, look at that. I got him. I got him. Ladies, I want to encourage you. Um, trust God with your husband. Trust God with your husband. Oftentimes, your husband can't. Listen, I, I don't know every lady in the room, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fancy a guess that none of you, your middle name is Holy Spirit. Right? We dedicated a lot of babies up here. I know everybody loves baby names. We did not dedicate Jessica Holy Spirit Smith. Right? That did not happen today. Your name is not Holy Spirit. Let God talk to your husband. If you have multiple kids, you ever walked into a room, your kids are arguing, and you're like, what's going on? And both your kids simultaneously start spouting at you. Like, and you have no idea what they're saying. You can't figure it out at all. And so you just get mad at everybody. Like, that's it. I'm beating all of you, right? Just like, when multiple people are trying to talk to you, you can't understand what's going on. If you keep talking to your husband, he can't hear and understand the Holy Spirit. All he can hear is you. Let the Spirit of God talk to him. Let the Spirit of God talk to him. At the end of the day, who do you trust more, you or God? That's the answer. At the end of the day, who do you trust the most, you or God? Trust God. Trust him. And then fifth, I want you to see this. Women were created to live free. That's verse 25. And the man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. Before sin... Um, there was no guilt, no shame. Sin enters into the world. And immediately, a husband and wife are hiding from one another and hiding from God. Covering themselves, covering their shame, covering their guilt. I want you to see that God did not create you for that. God did not create you to carry around the guilt and shame that you're carrying around. He did not create you for that. And Jesus Christ came to set you free from that. To set you free from guilt, to set you free from shame, and set you free from the hiding. 
ladies, it all boils down to this. Women were created to need Jesus. If you look at every cheesy movie on Hallmark, it's all the same plot line, right? You got this lady, and, uh, you know, something happens, right? She's either, you know, some big wig real estate mogul in New York, but she decides to go back home to Alabama. And she runs into this kid from middle school. And at first they hate each other. Like, oh, he used to be mean. And, oh, she was such a jerk. And, uh, uh. But then, oh, they start to see each other differently. They start to fall in love. And you're like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Oh, but conflict ensues. Something crazy happens. And she says, that's it. I'm going back to New York. And she's in the airport, and she's going to leave. And the guy says, no. So the next scene, you see him running through the airport after her. And I'm watching him going, do these airports not have TSA anymore? Like, what? Like, what is happening? You know, the guy, they got, like, running down the tarmac. Like, I'm pretty sure that's not allowed. Like, I don't think you can do that. Why do you secretly watch those movies? Because in some reason that you, you know it's dumb and you know it's stupid and you know it's cheesy. You know how every story is going to end. But for some reason, like, it just clicks with you. Here's the reason why, ladies. You were created to need a man. But not the way that they're telling you and not the way that you think. You were created to need a man. And his name is Jesus. And the reason there's a longing in your heart for someone to come and rescue you is because you need Jesus to rescue you. The reason there's a longing in your heart to, to there's something that's missing because Jesus is the only one that can fill that. You've even found a husband and you've connected with that husband and you thought he was going to be what filled you in that um, uh, want and that need and it didn't work and you're wondering what's going on because ultimately Jesus is the only one that can do that. Acts 4.12, there is salvation in no one else because there is no other name under heaven where anyone, man or woman, can be saved except Jesus Christ. So my question for you today is, have you trusted by faith in Jesus to make you new? Have you trusted Jesus with your pain and sin and guilt and shame and past failures? Have you trusted Jesus with all of that and said, Jesus, I need you to forgive me and make me new? I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning. And as we finish our time here together, for everyone, men or women, but specifically for ladies, I just want to ask, Have you truly turned your heart, soul, mind, everything over to Jesus Christ as your great Savior, Lord, and Rescuer? Do you trust Him to be that for you? Today, if you never have, I want to ask today, 
that you will. If you would just today, right where you are, right here, right now, you confess that you are a sinner. And you confess that you can do nothing on your own to make yourself right. But Jesus came to die in your place on the cross. And he rose again. Today, say to him, Jesus, I know you're my Savior. I know you died for me. Forgive me of my sin. My life is yours. Make me new. Right now, today, do that. Women, men, boys, girls, right here, every one of us. As we end our time here today, we're, we're not going to have you stand and sing. I want you just to kind of sit and reflect. And, and if you're a gentleman, I want to encourage you today, pray for the ladies in your life. Moms, wives, children, friends, fellow church members, pray for your ladies in your life. Pray that they would see who they really are created by God. That they would live in that for God's glory. And that they would pursue a real love relationship with Jesus above anything else and anyone else. And if you're a lady today, I want to encourage you, right now today, praise God for who He created you to be as a woman. See that you were created as a amazing and glorious gift a perfect fit but today I want to encourage you commit right now to pursue Jesus as the great lover of your life commit to pursue Jesus for all that he has for you Lord we thank you we thank you for for this gift of women we ask you, Lord, that you would empower us as we seek to, as our ladies live in this, and as men to bless and help our ladies live in this, and as results see amazing fruit for your glory. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Sometimes I think
We love you guys. Y'all have a great week. You're dismissed. I've been heaven saved.